What's going on guys and welcome to the Coffee with Sam podcast bringing you all the missing pieces for your performance. Now today's podcast is a very interesting guest. He's not involved in the cheerleading world but I thought he'd be great to bring on because he has a great take on self mindfulness and also meditation. So I hope you're all staying safe out there and doing as the government are advising. Let's get into today's podcast. Welcome to the show, Dan. Yeah, man. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be locked in and live over Zoom instead of face to face. (laughs) How you been getting on with this tough time? Uh, You know... I've got to be grateful for where I'm at, to be honest, Um, because I live in a beautiful place, you know. Oh, mate, I've seen, if you haven't seen his view, get on his Instagram and check out the view he has from his house, man. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's challenging, but there's a woods right near my house. And, you know, it's not like I'm surrounded by, you know, I'm not in a flat or anything. And, and those are the kinds of people that I feel sorry for in this, in, you know, in oh, this yeah. terrible time. Because, you know, I'm even feeling the effects of not cabin fever. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as saying I'm, you know, feeling locked up and everything. But that freedom has been taken away to a degree. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm just grateful that I enjoy where I live. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And I'm sort of grateful for the downtime. Yeah, so that's the only thing I'm missing is my mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Having to stay away from my mom uh, is the is the probably the worst part about this. Mm-hmm. Like I say financially, forget about it. It's there, but you can't let it affect you because otherwise you'd be what we're going to talk about in this the podcast. You, your mind, you just lose your mind. Yeah, I mean the thing is, it's so easy to and and. I'm, I'm not going to say I haven't done it, is to fall into that, why me? You know what I mean? Like, you know, we're all selfish to a degree. The human mind, the human in general is yeah. selfish. You know, we have to try not to be selfish. We all try and think of others. Um, but it, it's having that why me mentality and reminding yourself straight away, shit, it's not just why me, it's everybody. Yeah. And once you start thinking like that and realise that, you know, not only are people in a worse situation than you are, um, but everybody's in the same boat. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't worry about your finances because, mate, believe me, I have che- I've checked my account and I'm like, what am I spending? What's this? What's that? And it does bring that added stress. But just just try and, you know, keep yourself calm and keep saying to yourself that you're not the only one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. That's what I've had to do. Got rid of finances, some things that are going out that don't need to go out. You start mm-hmm. to value things a lot more as well. Like, yeah. well, that 20 quid that's going out a month, well, I don't even need that. Or mm-hmm. I'm even thinking about cancelling my car insurance and my tax. I'm leaving yeah. the car on the drive because yeah. I'm going to walk everywhere. And then if I, get, if I do have to push the boat out and get a job somewhere else, I'll just walk to that job. Mm-hmm. You start to value, well, I've actually got a car for one, which is you don't value it. Yeah, very high, and you start yeah. to value things like that a lot. Oh, I've got a car, I've got car insurance, I'm still paying this, I'm still paying that, and you start to think, well, actually, I was in a pretty good position. Yeah, uh, brings a lot of things that you don't normally think about to light when you're in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you say, everyone's in the same boat, and that's a great thing to a great way to think if you get into a yeah a down mentality of like you say, why me or why am I getting affected by this so much? We think everyone else is exactly the same. (laughs) I kind of think that this is going to bring society together. Mm -hmm. Um, I was saying that that on a phone call this morning, that like I say, with my brother, calling my brother, I think having to walk down the street and having to walk around people and just mm -hmm. smile and not communicate, I think it will make people put their phones and when we're done with this two months down the line, everyone's like, I'm sick of my phone. I'm sick of the internet. I'm sick of social media. Let's go and meet up. Let's go out for a meal. Let's go for a walk. Let's, like you say, I think it will bring everyone a lot closer. Yeah. Actually, actual physically not closer as in, oh, the internet's great. Because obviously we've, 
with the 21st century, everybody is addicted to their phones anyway, aren't they? You know, yeah. and the one thing our society is probably lacking is human connection, you know, real connection. Yeah. But yeah. that's something that right now has been sort of taken away. Do, so, you, believe, do you believe in the lack of human, hu, human connection is what could lead to um, like your, your mental disorders or your being sad or... Like mental health issues or yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah, mental issues, the lack of that human connection. Like we've become addicted to reaching into our pockets and, you know, a light comes up on Facebook, somebody's sent you a message, somebody's done this, somebody's done that, but it's not real. It's like we've become addicted to a device that, although it is somebody on the other end liking it, it's like we're in some virtual reality that's, that's not human, that's not touch, you know, yeah. that's not hugging, that's not making eye contact, that's, you know what I mean? All the things that make you human, when you sit across from somebody and you're looking them in the eye and you're showing them that you're listening and you're, you know, you're, you're with them yeah. or you hug them or, you know, that's human. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like relying on this device only, you know, breeds not only insecurities, um and comparisons to you know other people living their best life are we doing <laughs> the right thing? do you know yeah. what i mean the fake the fake the fakeness of instagram and facebook and yeah definitely but it also distances us from real people yeah because you know you'll see people um go out for meals and they're across from their partner and I don't know whether they looked up in the last 10 minutes because they've been looking at their phone. And to me, that's not real connection. You know, if you go on a date or if you go out with a friend, it should be about you and that friend or that circle of friends, not the world. Do you know what I mean? Not the rest of them. You can take a picture of yourselves, all of you on a table. and Yeah, and we've all done it. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with taking a picture of yourself at a meal, but it's like you'll see teenagers and other people and I'm, I'm not being harsh. I'm not being negative, but it's just, a, it's just a, you know, I'm just saying what I've seen. Yeah. yeah. Um, people are sat with their heads down when the person or the people around them are doing exactly the same. They're not actually communicating with each other. They're just communicating in a virtual reality to other people that, well, why are you sat with your friends? If you want to connect with those people, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like going, you know, back to the original question um i feel like humans you know when you tell somebody not to do something or tell somebody not to think about something and this is another thing that links in with mental health you know if i said to you don't think of a pink elephant what are you gonna do naturally think of a pink elephant so if you've took something away from somebody what do humans naturally want to do yeah you know what i mean like you've took connection away from people by saying you're isolating you can only go out once a day um you know you're only with whoever's in your household that's it so you've actually taken you know this this connection away from people so over this time that we're on our own that we're in our houses it's that you know we're eager to then go and socialize again yeah so so what you're saying is you think there's gonna be like a flood effect as soon as we are allowed out people are going to be like, I want to hug people. I want to, I want to have connections. I want to go out. I want to have fun. I want to eat a meal without touching my phone. I want to go and yeah. socialize without using the phone we've been using for the last three months. Yeah. People crave that. It's like, yeah. brain, like brain stimulation as such. Like, I think this is good for everyone in a way that it's like taking that away. So it makes you crave that human connection again. So when it's there, we realised what we were missing out on when we were sucked into our phones. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that natural, the natural human brain stimulation as such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Uh, so that was wait. deep. That was a deep start to the show. So now let's tell all the listeners who you are and what you do. Just a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm Dan Edwards and uh, I'm a personal trainer and strength coach, but I'm also the other half of a company called Me, Myself and Mind, my dad being the other half. Um, And yet we're a wellbeing company that specializes in mental and physical health. 
um, with mainly corporate teams. So, you know, we'll go in and deliver workshops, talks, whether that's fitness sessions, whether that's yoga, whether that's meditation in the workplace or mindfulness, um, anything really that is around health and well-being, whether that be having a nutritionist come into the workplace and deliver a talk or talk about the importance of, you know, getting the right nutrition in to make us feel healthier, make us feel better up here, but also looking after our physical health. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's what we do, but we also do talks for communities. Um, and you know, we're starting to do podcasts just like yourself, um, getting different guests in. And, and again, along the lines of, you know, medical students, we've had a doctor on, um, a nutritionist, we've had an XSAS soldier. So that will be coming out pretty soon. So it's just gaining this YouTube and social media platform to gain different perspectives and to give so much information out there on how we can improve our, our mental and physical health. So do you find your company has been well accepted into um, the corporate industry? Um, yeah. It, do you know what? Um, it's its own little bubble. Corporate's really its own little bubble, really, isn't it? Like, yeah. One else as such. I mean, you say the word corporate, and even to me, it fills me with dread. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though that's my business, I think the word corporate has got some heavy connotations of what people think corporates are like. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I feel with me, myself, and mind, we're going to change the way that corporate is viewed and also how people act and conduct themselves in the work environment. Um, I'm not saying we're trying to, you know, change anybody, but we're trying to make it a little bit more of a healthier work environment because, you know, every business can be fast paced. You know, everyone that we've spoke to within business has had communication problems of some kind. And that then only leads to uh, confusion, people not working together effectively, and then also then that can lead to, you know, negative impact on physical, emotional, you know, mental well-being um, because people don't, aren't connecting in the workplace. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Due to obviously it being fast paced, communication problems. So that's, again, what trying, that's, that's what I was trying to get at to like, if you'd been well accepted because I feel corporate, like you say, fills you with dread. Tell me if mm -hmm. I'm wrong, but like, you get the thought of very powerful people all in one room, yeah. um, very good at their jobs. Mm -hmm. And you get that, the communication breakdown because they're all very powerful um, and, yeah. and opinionated. I mean, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say that these people are opinionated or anything like that, because I, I think to a degree we all are. And I think the way to anybody to you know build rapport and you know to connect with anybody is to make yourself almost get to their level do you know what i mean uh, and almost make yourself feel vulnerable yeah you know what i mean because you know when i when i'll talk to a room of 16 20 30 people or, or however many of these corporates i'm telling them a story and I'm putting myself in their shoes so they can see things from my perspective almost as well. Um, and I'm not pointing the finger. I'm talking about what humans do naturally. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm not saying, oh, well, the boss says, you know what I mean? I'm not saying you do this and you do that and you do that. It's, it's about putting things out there that we all do, you know, naturally. It's just that, you know, sometimes we're not aware of what we're doing. Goes back and to that, that human, that human uh, interaction slash human behavior that we are, we are yeah. now, I think it's getting big in the fitness, in the fitness industry, in any industry really, that people are starting to look like companies like yourself. And when, when I'm PT and stuff, you start to look into the human behavior that we've actually lost. Mm-hmm which is, it's not like a, 
it's not like a technique or it's no, nothing voodoo or anything like that. It's like, well, no, that's how we're meant to behave. And we've lost that way due yeah. to things like this. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes what we found, obviously not naming names or naming places within the workplace, is that, like you just said, people's communication and connection on a human basis has sort of shut down. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, they're so wrapped up in their computer and their desk that, that or, you know, the boss is sending them emails that it's not that face-to-face, you know, connection. And we all know how, like, messages can be construed. You know, have you, have you ever been sent a, a message or an email and all of a sudden it's got your back up? Yeah. But what that person meant... Was completely like, different to what you thought. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I always say to people, don't have an argument or a discussion over text. Yeah. Don't, because you don't know how it's going to be taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, but that is, it's easy to, and that's what I mean about, it's not about pointing fingers because I've done this just as much as the next. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And to get on somebody's level and to, build that connection with someone you've got to make yourself you've got to say what you've done do you know what i mean you've yeah. got to not put yourself down but i've done it just as much as you have do you know what i mean so yeah. i'm not here to tell you you're wrong you're this you're that i'm just saying on a on a on a level this is what we all do and if we become more aware of it then we can start to make changes do you know what i mean awesome like self-awareness yeah definitely um and, that, and that's another thing, and again, happened to me, always happens to me, it's happened to other people. As soon as you point the finger at somebody, as soon as you say, like, you don't do this or you don't do that, the ego, your ego will then try and defend you, and it almost brings the shutters down. So your awareness will drop because if somebody stood there pointing the finger at you, your defenses are going to just go straight up, aren't they? yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So um, it's, again, not pointing the finger at somebody so we can connect and their awareness, they'll connect the dots in their own head of what they're doing and what they're not doing. Do you know what I mean? Awesome. So um, your business, you said, goes in as a lot of like uh, mindfulness and meditation. Yeah. You mentioned. Um, what's your take on meditation? Well, let's, actually, what is meditation? Well... Meditation, there's many different forms of meditation. Uh, so you've got like mindfulness, you've got visualization, you've got, you know, breathe, focus of breathing, focus of attention. Um, so there's many different forms. But I think for me, what meditation is, it's a place to put my attention to sort of quieten the mind. And once you start to focus your attention and become fully present with a task, all that other noise in your head starts to, it's almost like you've turned the volume down. Um, and really, and, and that's my take on meditation. I mean, there's so many different, you know, definitions of meditation and Buddha said this and he said this and she said this and, 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 and whatever. But I feel like everybody's meditation to them is slightly different. Um, and also the effect of meditation. Uh, and we can, and you know, we can go into, you know, later on in the discussion, the different effects and my own personal effects and what other people might feel with meditation. If you want to go into that sort of discussion. Um, but I mean, I haven't always been into meditation. Um, I, I, I do it and it's not, I don't always do it. I do it when I find a lot of noise, find mm. a lot of outside noise or I'm in my own head and I just don't know what's going on. And like yeah, this situation yeah. now, when it first started to actually come real and you actually, yeah. I actually believe like, this is real, man. Like we're getting locked down and people are dying. And yeah, I started to just do 10, five minutes a day. If I was out on my walk, do it just to try and forget everything. Mm-hmm. it's just i want to forget about what's actually going on and even yeah. if it was one of these someone talking in my ears and then you yeah. slowly drown out from that i think it was yeah. good because then you start to walk again or you you go on about your tasks that day 
and mm-hmm. that little bit of noise has gone. And I feel if I got better at it, because yeah. I can't, I can't sit still, mate. This is the longest I ever sitting still doing yeah. podcasts. I cannot sit still. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind to stop working is just as hard, just as hard. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel that meditation would or can help athletes? Oh, massively. Um, I mean, whether that's just um, daily meditation to reduce stress, um, stress and anxiety build up. And obviously athletes on a daily basis are pushing boundaries of their physical capabilities. Um, So that's a, a sympathetic state, would you say? You know, when you're doing, say, two or three hours of cheerleading, or say you're doing an interval session, or say you're training balls to the wall, then oftentimes your heart rate is going to be significantly elevated. Yeah. You know, uh, for, for long periods of time. And although this, you know, helps us become better at our sport, and it also, you know, gets us in good shape and increases our fitness and our health, um, it's also placing stress upon the body. And, you know, being in that sympathetic state, so, you know, our heart rate's elevated high, we almost go into fight, flight, or freeze response. Um, that stress over time is, is doing the same effect to the body as what, you know, stress is when you're in a dangerous situation. Okay. Do you, do you, do you understand what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So mean, even, daily, though even though it's a positive... When it's consistent, if not brought brought back down to a a, a nice level, yeah, um, it can cause slight harm as well as yeah, yeah. Of course, like you know, people go into overtraining, um, you know, and it's not just about the training session either. It's everything else that day. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. could have an intense session here. And then you go home and there could be an argument here that causes you to go into the sympathetic state and your stress level goes up again. Um, Or you could, you know, something could go wrong that day and it elevates your levels of stress. So meditation, I'd say the one side of it can be implemented by athletes, especially breathing techniques and focus of attention on our breath to take us from that sympathetic state to prepare us and get us ready to go into the parasympathetic which is lowering our heart rate putting the body in a restful state because you know being a personal trainer yourself and coach it's not the work that you do at the time it's whether you're recovering you know what i mean from that work so you can get better yeah and if you're constantly in a sympathetic state elevated up here how's your body going to recover yeah And how are you then going to develop and get better? Not only is that stress going to stay up there and it's not doing your body any good, but for performance or even, you know, muscle size, muscle strength, you're not giving it the recovery that it needs, you know, to then go on to that next training session and the next training session and the next training session. So you're thinking like, try and take away the whole um, hippie side of meditation Mm-hmm. And bring it down to like scientific that'll be good like post-session um like you keep saying breathing so instead of calling it meditation do some sort of team breathing or yeah, yeah. Do I take it on yourself do mm-hmm. some breathing which brings your heart rate back down instead of just yeah stretch off and get out of the gym yeah definitely that that's the thing and it can even be done while stretching and and then you could even almost argue that that's a form of yoga. Just using a hat to try and hide my uh, my haircut that needs doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, that isolation haircut. Yeah, but I'm gonna grow. I'm gonna go full like savage. What's it called? Like um, feral. <laughs> <laughs> so when I see you in the gym in a few months, you're just. I'm not even gonna know who you are. No, I might. I'll shave them when I leave the house properly to actually go and do some work. I might. <laughs> I'll be grey, mate. I'll be grey all over. So you're gonna have, a, <laughs> you're gonna have a, a football name, Wilson, like <laughs> Castaway. Oh, the kids won't know that movie, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. If I was moving that, so like, yeah. Um, did, so putting breathing with some yoga, so it's not even 
It's like it, what I find it, in classified as as yoga. Do you know what I mean? It's just if it, you know, because I presume you will stretch off after a session. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's a great time to take yourself when, when you're stretching to focus on what muscle groups you're meant to be stretching to feel the stretch, and then to also focus your attention on slowing down the breath. You know, breathing nice and deep and nice and slow. Telling because, the body to relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just that focus of attention on breath work. And, um, you know, it's, it could be, you know, once you've all stretched off, you could all sit down or, or lie down on the floor and the coach could talk them through a breathing exercise. Yeah, so I've done a lot of not breathing because it's about to go on to that, how, how you get it into people taking it seriously. But what we started doing at the end of a session was we'd get the whole team to lie down and just mm -hmm. put, turn the lights off. Yeah, you get the odd few that, ha this is funny, giggle, giggle, yeah. giggle. But you get some who will still carry on stretching, and then yeah. you ask them what they feel like. Once you turn the lights back on and they leave, because we don't finish training till 10 o'clock at night, and I mm -hmm. just couldn't do my job outside of cheer coaching as well. I feel like I have a, not every coach has a duty of care, but knowing what I know about cooling down, about trying to get your, your blood levels back down before you just go and yeah. sit in a car or you drive home yeah. at 10 o'clock at night. That yeah. was the one thing I felt was easy. Just quickly lie them down, turn the lights off to bring yeah. them down. Um, yeah. Absolutely. How have you found going into corporate, which to me is a bit like throwing what I'm trying to throw this kind of stuff into cheerleading because it's new. How have you mm -hmm. found like to get them to not find it funny as such? Because obviously you yeah. I find humans have a lot of things they don't that are new. They just find it yeah. funny. Yeah, uh, even well, adults. I, just just before we go on to that, just what you said there was that's. I just want to say that's amazing. Um, you know the whole turning the lights off. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because, just thinking about it now. I mean, I'm I'm not sure what age groups that. What age group is it that you coach? You go 14 to. I think the oldest is the oldest can be old, but. Yeah, like yeah. 25 so 14 to 25 yeah so i mean like i mean there's probably not going to be that many people giggling just because the lights went out because it's not like they're little children it, it's you know yeah, yeah you know um teenagers and, and so on but that's and when you said to me then you train till 10 o'clock yeah and evening, and i presume that it's you know it can be quite intense can it oh flat out for three hours mate as soon as we're yeah. in that gym it's go time yeah, and that and that's what I'm saying. Um, it's so important to bring ourselves back into the parasympathetic after training, especially if you're finishing at 10, because we all know that the biggest detriment to our health, mental health, and also recovery is sleep. So if you imagine you've just gone from balls to the wall to now it's 10 o'clock, I need to go to bed, and you haven't you haven't brought yourself down well your sleep's going to be impaired yeah. so then again that leads to with the recovery process being impaired because everybody's got to get up for work the next day they've got to get up to go to school or college or university and if you're getting up at seven eight in the morning and you haven't had you know a full seven and a half eight nine hours sleep then that's going to have a massive impact on how your body's recovered and ready to go for the next training session. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I just want to say that that turning the lights off, you know, is a great thing that you're doing there because you're shutting down the stimulus from the light. You're then going to produce more melatonin, which yeah. naturally for the, for the, um, for the, uh, the body puts us into that restful state. And then adding those breathing exercises in, you're really bringing them down and getting them settled so that when they go home, they can go to bed. So awesome. now, so on that end of it, so like post-training, mm -hmm. what would you say, say, um, for like nerves? So pre-comp or pre-going for a performance, when you start to get that fight or flight you talked about kicking in. Yeah. Would you use the same sort of techniques? Mm -hmm. Or is it more of a have to really centre the mind to get rid of that fear stage? Uh, the th well, the thing is, um, there's nothing wrong. Do you mean performance nerves 
on the lead up to competition or say competition day? Oof. Competition day. Competition day. Yeah. Um, so just I mean, start to go on. You can hear the music. Crowds going. Your team's ready. You're in a. You got three minutes till you're on. Everyone's mm. silent normally at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone starts to get that, nervous. I'd say okay. So should we go over competition day and then maybe the lead up after after we've talked about yeah, competition? Yeah. I'd say like just before you're about to go on. That's go time anyway, isn't it? So yeah. if you're anxious, you know, there's, there's, there's a certain level of anxiety and performance anxiety that we've got to feel to get us in it, in the zone. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I wouldn't say that feeling those nerves and butterflies or, you know, is such a bad thing yeah. unless it's overly out there that you can't breathe. Do you know what I mean? Um, and if it is at that end of the spectrum, there's more work that needs to be done on the leader. And that's also a time where we can start to control the breath, breathe in for four seconds, hold for five, out for six, or in for three, hold for four, out so what, for five. So and now then. we're going from the, like the lowering of the blood pressure, the cooling down, getting the oxygen in, like the, the breaths are making the heart slow down. What on the other end, is it the same thing? Is it, is it the breaths? Are yeah. they, it's just a focus of attention, isn't it? Like, again, you're having a lot like we're saying that before you go on, you're going to be nervous. And if you're peaking too much that you're too nervous, you're going to need to maybe bring yourself down slightly. But I'd also say that that could be a good time to start talking to yourself and putting in some positive self-talk, yeah. um, standing in a confident way. Um, you know, this isn't meditation, but this is, you know, putting your body in a, a ready state that's not fearful. It's not, it's not okay. too anxious. Yeah, not closing up, not, yeah. No. Um, you know, one thing that I always do before I do a talk or do anything is I'll spend a few minutes in the toilet uh, looking at myself in a mirror and I'll pull my shoulders back, stick my chest up and I'll tell myself, positive phrases over and over again of what I am. I am confident. I am going to do this. I am this. I am that. I am strong. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because the body leads the mind. And oftentimes, you're, you know, people's posture often, is a repli uh, often replicates their mood. Yeah. So if you change your posture straight away and look at yourself in the mirror and look into your eyes and you start then start to tell yourself what you are what you're going to do this you soon start to believe it do you know what i mean yeah yeah so you put yourself in that a bit like when people are talking to you and they make they g you up and you get relaxed mm -hmm. and you get ready for it you're just doing it yourself yeah 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 definitely um because you know your favorite person can't always be there that's what yeah. my dad always used to say to me that you know, when, when I used to play sport when I was younger, he'd say, like, you know, tell yourself, well done, Daniel, or you're this, you're that. He says, because I'm not always going to be there. That's Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know he that. says, yeah. and if I'm not there, I want you to be able to tell yourself it's going to be okay or you're going to do this or get yourself prepared. Um, but, but, yeah, so on, on, obviously, competition day, that's what I'd advise doing right before you're about to go out. But I'd say on the lead up to competition, like, you know, maybe a month out or even a week out, um, a visualization technique. So a meditation, but visualizing uh, what performance outcome you want. So a lot of teams do that, but it, this is, this is good. This is so people are watching, listening. Um, a lot of teams do it, but it's normally on comp day. That's it. Mm. so normally like you'll be before you go on you'll have your music on on your own boom box you'll all be laid down holding hands eyes closed and go through your routine and visualize it hitting yeah but i've not known of many teams that will do that a lot of practices running up to that it's just mm. just be just something that's been brought in that you've noticed people doing it on comp day yeah um so i'd probably suggest that 
Well, Before I don't know. Do they all do yeah. it together or individually on their own? We'd all do it as like a team. Lie down, hold hands, music in the middle, mm -hmm. music's on, and just go through the routine and visualise everything being perfect. Why, why couldn't that be... Uh, why couldn't that be implemented you part know, of a session or weekly? Part of practice. Part of practice because mental practice is now being shown just as effective as physical practice. Um, like, you know, studies are suggesting that when we think about performing a skill or when we think about doing something, the brain and the body doesn't know the difference between our imagination and the reality. It's the same parts of the brain that's lighting up when we're imagining doing something to actually doing it. Yeah. So if you think about it, you know, the more you practice a skill, the better you get. So imagine at any time of the day, anywhere you are, you can think about performing a skill. You don't even have to be sweaty. You don't even have to be, in the in the arena you can focus on exactly what you're going to do how you're going to do it and you don't even have to get out your chair do you know what i mean so like individual athletes could think about their own routine on their own yeah but then also you think a good practice would be three weeks running up to comp mm -hmm. at least once or twice in that session yeah mentally going through it yeah Definitely, uh, all together, definitely. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, this is for the group one, the coach would almost guide them through it. You know, what can you smell? What can you see? What can you uh, hear? You know, as you're walking out to the arena or, you know, because the more real we make an image or a video in the mind, the, you know that's when our imagination starts to become reality do you know what i mean because yeah, yeah. we've convinced ourselves that this is real so if you're just saying if you're just sat there and as a coach and just say oh well imagine it's comp day what are you gonna do you almost need like a script um that's gonna really get into the minds of the athlete and to get them to create their own picture within their mind so that their neurons in the brain are firing off and wiring to exactly what they want to do because they're almost seeing it before it's happened. Do so you, like creating that, I don't know, like if I had my ears closed and someone was explaining to me what comp day was like, my mm. heart rate would naturally elevate. So yeah. it's like basically conditioning yourself. So when your heart rate does elevate on comp day, Mm -hmm. you're like oh cool i know how to deal with this type yeah thing. you know exactly yeah. how it's going to feel not that it's like foreign and it yeah it's like oh uh, yeah because as soon as you you know a lot of people with performance anxiety i mean we've all had it well yeah. I mean, when i've done oh, it before i feel my, my heart rate's coming through my throat do you know I've, what i mean i suffered yeah. with it in cheerleading for six years yeah yeah six yeah. years every day every comp day i would say i ain't doing this again Mm -hmm. I compete. Sometimes yeah. I messed up. Sometimes I messed up because it got so much for me that I didn't. I didn't defeat it, and it defeated yeah, yeah. me. And I'd have brain farts and fogs, and I'd get lost, mm -hmm. um, or I wouldn't. I'd get that nervous that I wouldn't trust I was going to actually be as good as I was. So I'd do something yeah. wrong, um, yeah. and it took me to to obviously taking the steps to be on to put myself under pressure on bigger teams. Mm -hmm. uh, like such as for the country and whatever when I went to America and Coventry putting me under pressure and then it was like well you either have to stop doing this mm -hmm. or get over it and learn to deal with it yeah um, and I say yeah you say you suffered with it and say yeah I, I suffered with it for, for years and years so like I know what yeah. people are feeling and what they're going through when they tell me they're getting that it's yeah it's only natural but this I feel what you've said here would be great because we've started to put it into the sport where the first team that did it, it was a bit like, I don't know if you, so with cheerleading, it's still very new to the world. Mm -hmm. So when you bring something new in, it's laughed at or it's very, what are you doing? Or we can't do that. No. Yeah. So the first team to do the, visual, the visualization. Oh, yeah. So I live by the airport. There's a helicopter coming in nice and low. Um, I don't know if you can hear it. Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> um, where was I going with that? 
Uh, what was I saying? You're saying that it's almost laughed at to begin with? Oh, yeah. So when the first team did that, um, it was like, oh, okay. And then the next team did it, and the next team did it, and the next big team did it. So then everyone does it. Yeah. I feel like this probably would be a great time now, and I bet you off the back of this, this will probably start to happen when the season starts again. I think visualization should happen, like you say, twice a session, three, four weeks running up to a competition. And yeah. I think just that feeling, I know what that feeling's like a week, two weeks before comp. I think that probably yeah. would help. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, there's so many ways you can make it different. But, you know, talking about reducing performance anxiety, if you can think about this situation over, 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 and over, and over, and over again, before the lead up to competition, when you're in it, you, you have convinced the mind that you know how to deal with it, and you don't start thinking erratically, you don't start to shut down because you've gone into fight, flight, or freeze mode, you don't freeze, you know the exact routine because the neurons have been connected in the head of what you're doing, where your body is, how you move here, how you move there. And that little, you know, adjustment in your heart rate, just because it's gone off, isn't going to affect you anymore. Do you know what I mean? Um, Cause you practice, it's like practicing for body conditioning. Like mm -hmm. you condition, like I say you could be fit, but then you have to condition routine fit. Um, yeah. It's the same sort of thing. You're conditioning your body to be ready for this fear that's going to kick in. Mm -hmm. Even when people say they're not scared, they're still yeah. getting an ele ele elevated heart rate and mm -hmm. they're still getting nervous. They're just, they've learned, conditioned themselves to deal with it. Yeah. I think as more and more people talk about it, again, it's just like anything. Humans, we like to be led, don't we? Like, yeah. And we almost, if something's not within our belief system, something that we've not heard before, you automatically go, oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't believe it. But now that there's so many, so many studies or, you know, the science is stating what it does, I think a lot more people are going to be on it. And, you know, Conor McGregor's spoken about visualization. Yeah. Um, there's a freestyle skier, Emily Cook. And she said she spends hours visualizing even how her body's going to feel in the air when she's rotating. Um, you know, Michael Phelps states that on the lead up to competition, he visualized for hours outside the pool, how, what the sounds would be like, what it'd feel like, what he's going to, what he's going to see, what, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know whether you watched, um, what was that film called with Alex Honnold, the freestyle, uh, climber. Oh, uh, Free climber. Yeah. When he, uh, yeah, on his own, with no ropes and all that stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. he used visualisation. So he visualised, not only was he doing the climb with ropes, but after that, he would use a visualisation practice so that he knew exactly where he was going to put his arms, his legs. And he said that he even visualised what would happen if he fell. I think I recall him saying, you know, if something slipped. Because, yeah. I mean... So he was ready I'm, for it. Yeah, I'm only guessing here, but if you've wired up the brain to know every possible outcome of every hold, then if that hold slips, then you're automatically going to reach for another hold. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The situation is life or death. Yeah. So we, I think he was taking that pretty seriously on the visualisation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's great that so many athletes and so many people are speaking about visualisation. and. Uh, and it'll soon trickle down. Yeah, I think I think it's it's get it's, it's getting bigger, and I think meditation is following the whole health and fitness industry mm -hmm. um, to to be in a healthy thing, not a hippie thing anymore. Which mm -hmm. obviously it was always oh that's a bit hippie. That's only what hippies do. Um, yeah. Oh, you're you're a tree hugger. Um, I got big into it when I was alone and I was on my own in uh, in America and. I did it more for my own self and mind because I was very, very lonely at times. Mm -hmm. And I found it helped me so much. When I came back, I started talking about it and I got the same reaction. Even though people know I'm not that hippie and stuff. Oh, you're a hippie. You're a tree mm -hmm. hugger. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy that it is following 
the health and fitness industry because I think, like you say, it will come more into sports and then it will become natural for everyone to do it because I think, I, I believe it's something that everyone should do because going back to right at the beginning of this podcast, we all need to be back self-centered with our own human um, interactions and our own human behavior. And I feel mm. meditation, any form of meditation, just like you say, being um, self-aware brings us back into connection with that mm -hmm. human uh, behavior. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's, and, I th and like I said, I think that it's the studies and the science that's backing it is what's turning people's heads. Do you know what I mean? If you, I think, I, I think if the science wasn't there, we'd still be banging our head up a brick wall. Yeah. Um, because everybody is so fascinated with science. Um, and I'm not, obviously. It's not the way it feels, man, because it feels good yeah. when you've done it. Yeah, but <laughs> if you had no study or no, you know, top dog saying this is what it does because of this, this, and this, and because your, your cortisol will decrease and because this and this, you know, because they're saying it, now people believe it. But I think sometimes as well, we've got to open our eyes as humans. And if it feels good and, you know, it feels right for you, then do it. Believe do in it. Yeah. yeah, believe, believe in it. In it. Yeah. Because I'd say, like, the, uh, I mean, Bruce Lipton is a, I think he's a scientist in America. He, he's done, I think it was studies, and he's done a, um, a seminar on the biology of belief. And it's even about, like, the placebo effect. You know, you know yeah, how yeah. people get better from a drug they wasn't even given. Yeah. And that's because they believed in it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So Yeah, and that all goes that all goes to visualize the vision visual I'm really struggling with that word today. visualization. Yeah. <laughs> um, it goes back to that visualize oh I'm giving up with that word. Um yeah. that you believe we, we in or now. <laughs> believing that you're gonna be good at what you're about to do mm -hmm. is a placebo, the same sort of effect. And it all goes back to the power of the mind, right? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's uh, the mind leads the body. The body leads the mind. They're interlinked. You can never separate the two. So, you know, if you're doing the things for the body that then help the mind, then why not do the things with the mind that then help the body for your performance? Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's, I feel like we're in an amazing time um, because I can guarantee, you know, all those yogis or people that have been into meditation for like fucking 40 years are going to be fuming because <laughs> what they've been banging on about for so long. Now people are like, oh, now I meditate. And I bet they're yeah, like, you got, you got dudes like me in Hawaiian shirts and snapbacks saying, yeah, I love meditation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like corporate people, like with you, pushed it into corporate. You got people in suits. Yeah. being corporate and they're like oh, i'm gonna go sit in my car and do 10 minutes meditation they're gonna be like i've been telling you that for years yeah 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 and it's it's just it is what it is and we can only be grateful that the time that we're in with the information that we're given do you know yeah. do you know what i mean it's the information's there we can all use it and it's not just a, a bogus hippie thing and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a hippie like i love some hippie shit do you know what i mean oh yeah definitely definitely but, but uh, I, I just feel like, don't, don't you think, like, I'm not, that's not me slating hip when people, when I say people, that's my opinion, what people say. I feel like that's where it was attached to because mm. that's where it came from. And like you say, as society, that's not normal. So it was shushed and it was pushed down. Mm. And it was pushed down for so long that it was only that certain group of people or um, like your people out in the mountains and all that type thing that would practice yeah, monks mindfulness and, and all that stuff. It was away from the cities and all the big environments. It was yeah. oh, shut up. Yeah, your, yeah, yeah. Your hippies, your your voodoo or your whatever. Whereas now it's finally, like I say, it's finally coming in and everyone can do it. But the thing is, as well, bringing it back to the very beginning, and you know how we said that society has almost been slowed down and stopped in its tracks because we're not really working. Yeah, well, a lot of us aren't working. We're stuck at home, you know, we can't really do much, but what can we do is be mindful. Yeah. And who'd have thought that, you know, mindfulness is being aware of the present moment, you know, 
aware of your surroundings, aware of how you feel, aware of what's going on. But 21st century life takes us out of that constantly because we're constantly stressed out with work, we're constantly rushing here, we're constantly doing that, we're constantly doing this. So who'd have thought that it'd have had to have took a pandemic intervention to almost bring us back to the reality of being mindful? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it is scary, but like you say, like we said at the beginning, we're hoping, fingers crossed, that all lost isn't in humanity and that we will take positives from a lot. Everyone will take positives from this and we'll yeah. move forward being more mindful in, in the, in the future. Yeah, um, yeah. So on that note, Dan said his company was me, myself and mind. Yeah. yeah. Me, myself and mind. Yeah. Um, I get lost sometimes. I'm like me, myself and Irene, me, myself <laughs> and mind. I'm like, <laughs> um, yeah. Where can people find you, bro? Well, if you're on Instagram, it's at me, myself, mind. Uh, if you are, you know, wanting to find us on, you know, if you want our website, it's www.memyselfmind.com. Uh, on Facebook, you'll find us as at me, myself, and mind. Um, and on YouTube, again, me, myself, and mind. Um, and we've just recently today got onto Apple Podcasts. So if you type in me, myself, and mind, you'll find us. Our, our two podcasts are up there. So follow Dan at Dan Edwards Fitness. At Dan Edwards underscore fitness, yeah. It's always an underscore. <laughs> yeah. Underscore fitness. There's um, always fitness or underscore or yeah, just <laughs> he's putting out good content. Um he's mm -hmm. always always active on the socials, so definitely make sure you, you follow Dan, please, guys. Yeah. Um follow his podcast. Um mm -hmm. but don't like switch over and leave mine. Um <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on then, Dan. Um yeah, peace Dan. See you later, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man.